From Fortress Fund Managers, this is Do It For Grantly, a podcast where we speak with women and men in Barbados about their grantlies and other money matters. I'm Kim Howard, Marketing Manager at Fortress, and my co-host is Omar Kennedy. Hello, listeners. An entrepreneur, author, and former financial manager. In today's episode, Living Debt Free, we're joined by Alison Broom. Alison is a mother and trained HR professional, but today she'll be speaking with us about her quest as a single income householder to be mortgage and debt free. Alison is part of a growing community of people sharing their financial journey on Instagram, where she keeps herself accountable as at mummy is debt free. We truly appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. So let's get to it. Financial security doesn't grow on trees. It's built brick by brick with smart investments and a strong partner. To retirement, education, and whatever your future may hold, we say, bring it on. At Fortress Fund Managers, we're not afraid of the hard work, long hours, or steady saving, just like you aren't. We know better than anyone that you can't just hope for good luck. Call Fortress Fund Managers on 435-7777 to build your personal fortress. Your future, our business, Fortress. Hi, I'm Kim Howard from Fortress Fund Managers. Fortress Fund Managers is a mutual fund company based in Barbados. We've been operating since 1996, and we provide mutual funds in both Barbados and U.S. dollars to individual investors as well as organizations. Omar is going to explain a little bit about what mutual funds are. Greetings, everyone. A mutual fund is an investment product which pulls together money from you, the investors, into one big pot. And what happens from there, Fortress will take your money, along with everyone else's money, and invest it all over the world for you. So what happens is you end up investing in hundreds of different companies, you know, dozens, hundreds of different countries around the world. And through this, you get to diversify your investment. So if you're investing by yourself, you may be able to invest in one, two, three, maybe five or 10 companies. But through Fortress, there is no end to what you can invest in. This allows you to maximize any potential returns or minimize any any potential losses. I want to work there. It's awesome. Mm. <laughs> now, today we have a, a brand new guest with us. Her name is Alison Broom. Hi, Alison. Hello, Kim. Hi, Omar. Hey, hey. And Alison is an HR professional, but she's also a mom and she is a single income mortgage-free aspirant who is very purposeful about life in general and very intentional about life. Is that right? That's true. <laughs> I have always valued relationships, and I'm that person who remembers birthdays and anniversaries for family members and friends, have a knack for sourcing thoughtful gifts and making mental notes of people's favorite colors and stuff like that. Still send greeting cards by the mail and surprise gifts. Okay. The opposite of me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I guess I will plan the seed of exactly what my favorite color is before I leave here so I can make sure that Allison sends me something in my favorite color. Lovely. Nice. So let's talk a little bit about your journey. And when you use the term debt free, is there um, a specific debt that you're speaking that you're seeking to gain independence from? There is. And it is an overall mantra that I carry. So at the moment, I have a mortgage. And when I took when I took a look at the amortization schedule that they offered, I noticed that I'd have to pay for my home two times over, possibly. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that and the mortgage would be ending when I'm 60 years old, I figured it was something I needed to get rid of as quickly as possible. Now, what even prompted you to look at the amortization schedule? Because I don't normally, you know, you know, normally run into somebody at the supermarket and they said, well, you know, I was just looking at my amortization special schedule. 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 Yeah. See, I can't even get it said properly. Um, <laughs> you know, that's not something that people normally will discuss or say that they're looking at. So what prompts you do to even look at that? I think it was two of my friends who had mortgages 
currently mm -hmm. who said to me, are you prepaying or do you plan to prepay on your mortgage? And I thought to myself, prepay. Now, I heard the whole idea of maybe paying bi-monthly rather than monthly so that you get an extra payment in every year. But I didn't really quite know what impact that would have. So then I Googled. They mentioned, you can go get an amortization schedule online for free. I did that, plugged in the figures and realized, okay, with an additional two payments a year, I could shave off at least five years off my mortgage wow that's fantastic yeah and that can mean a lot of money because in the beginning when you have a mortgage you're paying back a little bit of principal and a lot of interest and the more principal you pay back in the beginning the less interest you have to end up paying over time so that that is absolutely fantastic very true and okay so you talked about your mortgage but you want to live debt free so what else are you trying to pursue in terms of living a debt-free life? Well, at the moment, I set goals for myself. Mm -hmm. So I do them annually, I do them monthly. And I track my expenses, everything that I spend. So I take a look every month and do a review. I try to prioritize my needs, and well, there are not a whole lot of wants in there. And when things pop up that I don't expect, I try not to stress too much about it. And if it is that I do go off budget sometimes, I try my best to just forgive myself, regroup and move on okay, okay. I, have, I have a question here you said you know you really don't check too much for your wants you understand your needs and whatnot but in this society that we live in where we are consumer driven we are managed by the moment you know we are driven by our aid you know what training what discipline have you put in place to say well you know this is a want i don't really need it and this is a need so you know this has to have priority in my life I would say that I have let go of FOMO, the fear of missing out. I no longer feel as though I need to be in everything or everything that everyone has is for me. Mm -hmm. I focus on the goals that I have. It's not something that I intended to be doing in terms of having a mortgage on my own, but we'll get to that. Mm -hmm. And certainly it's something that causes a readjustment in how you think about life and what you think you want for yourself. I mean, we came to know you, Alison, or came to know of you from Instagram, um, where you're there as mommy, mommy is, is debt free. free. <laughs> so what took you to a point where you decided I'm going to charter this path, and I'm going to do it publicly on Instagram? I have always liked to write and I mm. had a former workmate say to me, why don't you blog? Why don't you do something? You always have interesting experiences. And in that moment, I think it was January of 2019, I thought to myself, okay, well, I could try to figure out WordPress and do a blog. But then Instagram just came as the most natural place where you could type a few lines impact a few people and have a graphic to go along with it. And I do like taking photos, so that worked well. <laughs> well, there you go, you marry your skills. Um, do you take f photos all the time or this is just for Instagram? I am personally a sunset chaser. So on evenings from work, I literally drive along the coast, along the West Coast. I will stop the car if I see a nice sunset, ditch my shoes, take a video, snap a pic. And I usually tend to share those with my friends who are living overseas and that's not their current reality and yeah. i actually entitle it for one <laughs> so they hate you they do <laughs> and love me all the same yeah. hashtag i live reunification yes <laughs> so what's been the response on instagram to this whole journey of yours the support has been very positive some of my followers are local, some are overseas based, and most of them I've never actually met. Mm -hmm. uh, they freely share information and tips though, 
And I actually want to personally thank the team at Fortress Fund Managers <laughs> for sending me my personalized 2020 <laughs> calendar, desk calendar. Nice. Yes, because it keeps me organized. It keeps me great um, into this year, 2020, as well as 2019. Awesome. But one thing we're, we're really impressed with is your transparency and consistency. Is this something you really had to convince yourself to be open with? Not really. I've always had an open nature mm -hmm. um, with the good and the not so good. And I think that everybody's life has highlights and lowlights. And so people will relate to when you have great achievements and when you have your failures as well. Mm -hmm. So that has never been an issue for me to share. And I like writing, so writing online came naturally to me. And that's quite unusual too, because a lot of people tend to use Instagram, especially as just a highlight reel. So you get to see, you know, they t nobody knows that they've taken nobody i'm not pointing at myself or anything <laughs> taking like 300 photos to get the perfect selfie true or that they only take the pictures of the night that they went out and had a fabulous time not knowing that they spent the last three weeks at home miserable or whatever the case may be but you get to see these highlight reels and you think oh my gosh they're living such a fun life they're doing all these amazing things but you know you're willing to be open and share the like you said the low points and the high points which is fantastic um on our Fortress is social media, and I think that's how we, we saw that you'd use the calendar um, in the past to help organize your life. You know, if you anybody follows Mami's um, Debt Free, if you look through from time to time, she'll have like events to do with her daughter or her family and um, things that are coming up. And she uses her calendar to mark when those things are happening so that she knows and so she can plan and budget for them accordingly. That's right, yeah? That's correct. <laughs> so on our social media, we recently shared a statistic from Rain Check, which is a company in the UK, about the fact that two thirds of women in the UK say they are the main financial decision maker in their family. And that was, um, and on, on our, we featured the head of Rain Check on Make It Rain, which is episode 16. So we discussed with her how similar that arrangement is within Caribbean homes, where women are in oftentimes the primary um, financial decision maker. As a single income earner yourself, we imagine that you are the financial, primary financial decision maker uh, in your household. Has that always been the case? Yes, I am the financial decision maker in my household, but no, it wasn't always that way. Mm -hmm. I used to be married mm -hmm. and decisions then were joint in nature. So we discuss a matter at hand and discuss how we were going to move forward. And that continues somewhat now with our daughter as mm -hmm. it relates to any costs associated with our extracurricular activities and so on. But as it relates to my household deliberations monthly, that now happens with spreadsheets and apps. <laughs> <laughs> I have a question. You, you, you want to be debt free and I think that's a fantastic goal. So what are you doing? What would you tell our listeners um, that if they want to become debt free ahead of time, how would, what, what would you re recommend that they do? to but besides invest in fortress in a mutual fund and you know over time use some of the gains to yeah that, that's, that's my plug that i normally do every every episode yes so what, what what do you recommend my top three tips is that i would suggest knowing your numbers so knowing what you actually spend money on how much do you owe who do you owe so in a nutshell track your expenses and itemize those debts if you have them i'd suggest limiting the use of high interest credit tools. Mm -hmm. Never pay the minimum payment on anything. Set goals for yourself, and that's the third one, and develop small steps to reach those goals. Because 
you can make those goals annually, as I mentioned before, quarterly or monthly. But when you set them, then you can kind of create little action points to get there. You know, I was listening to you thinking, like, were you always this financially aware? Because one thing is one thing to like decide to look at an amortization schedule and figure out what it is that you need to do to help reduce your payments and to not end up paying until you're 60. But it's another thing to be aware of things like tracking your numbers and um, not using high interest debt tools. So credit tools. So what is it that you what how did you get to this point is what I essentially want to know. I think it really hits in my childhood home and money was openly discussed there. It was never covered or kept secret. I'd say here that my mother is a saver. <laughs> my dad is a can be a bit of a spendthrift. And I will say that while my dad was in the private sector while I was growing up or self-employed for most of his working life, my mother was a public sector or is a public sector employee. And I can be I can remember being aware of the early 90s when I was a preteen, early teen, when there was the 8% wages cut um, for I government remember. employees. And that meant that it adjusted my thinking about what are my needs, how can I balance my wants, because I could see the impact that it was having on our household. Yep, I, I remember those days all too well. I remember the shift at home. I also remember the shift at school, because I remember for things like food and nutrition, the types of things that the school previously provided, you started to have to bring in. Um, you know, you could you could prepare all the fancy cheesecake in the world that you wanted, but that's not those are not the ingredients that they were going to regularly stock. So that's fine. Um, so it, it helped you to, to adjust your thinking. And it's important to recognize that children can learn from those circumstances. Yes. So what what, what are the life lessons that you're, you're teaching your daughter? Because from what I can see, you are very disciplined. Um, there are some persons who have your formal approach. What does it mean again? Fear of missing out. Fear of missing out. Some persons have enjoyed themselves beforehand and they no longer need to fear missing out. And some people just never really cared about missing out. What are you going to tell your daughter, depending on how she grows up, about... You you know the discipline that she needs to have especially in a society where women are becoming infinitely more dominant as the financial caretakers of the the household well that's a lot but what i'll say <laughs> is that currently as we have conversations i i noticed that she is very aware about money and its availability within our household already. Mm -hmm. And what that means is she'd come and ask, Mommy, can we buy this particular toy um, if we have the money? Can we go to a particular place if we, if we can afford it? And sometimes I feel like that's a little bit too heavy for her because she's just six and, you know, I want her to big, dream big, wonderful things. But it says to me that it's allowing her to see that you can do wonderful things, but it comes sometimes with sacrifice and usually with careful planning. So for me, it is about providing the atmosphere for her to be free to dream, but know that there's work that sometimes you need to put in to get there. Has she demonstrated to you that she's, she's, she's caught that lesson that, you know, yes, there's things that we can only do when we can afford it, but has she demonstrated, yeah, you know, mommy, I've saved up my 20 cents and now we can go on this trip? Yes, currently <laughs> there's $7.25 in her purse because she has kept a $5 bill from December 31st when we went shopping, mm -hmm. and she also asked for $2.25 to buy a donut, but the donut person did didn't come to the school and so she has that seven dollars and 25 cents waiting until such time and what is this what is this what is the 725 going for i, I would love to know what Cyril is planning for 725 well 
donuts. She <laughs> likes Kool-Aids. And sometimes the school sells pizza for fundraising activities. So I guess okay. she's waiting out for those treats. Okay. I would recommend that she find herself in Call Morocco and you know, go to Fortress. And, <laughs> well, you know. she would have to bring her mother <laughs> of along course, of course, since of she's course. under 18 and Absolutely. cannot open a mutual fund herself. No problem. And but because I, she's young, she can have the capital growth account. Which is for younger persons who can <laughs> take a bit more risk. <laughs> Listening, everyone? <laughs> I'm sorry, Kim. It's no, nothing mm-hmm. to be sorry about at all. Um, on our last episode, which was House Hunters, we talked quite a bit about property as an investment tool. And we dwell, delved into how, secure, how to secure a mortgage and so on. So your previous mortgage was secured when you were married. And from following your post, we know that switching to a more manageable rate as a now single income person um, household posed a challenge can you walk us through the process and explain the outcome you touched on it a little early but can you just take us through like you know from the first time that you the, the seed was planted that there was a way that this could be adjusted what did you have to do to get it adjusted well the reality is joint income was more than single income mm-hmm. and so that meant that my negotiating position was weakened somewhat so in terms of Finding that new rate or getting a rate that I was satisfied with, I actually do feel like I jumped through quite a few hoops Mm -hmm. to get there. And what that meant was many emails, many calls to my relationship manager. It meant being placed on hold for over two months before I got a response. And I still wasn't satisfied with the rate. So I decided to, okay, stick a pin. Not satisfied there. But I remember I was driving to work one morning and I heard a radio ad and they were offering very attractive rates, great prepayment options. And the prepayment, meaning paying ahead on your mortgage, Mm -hmm. is very important to me, as I mentioned before. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, well, let me provide the documents. And I did that. And I I got an, an initial approval. And while that process took a few months, I would say about eight, I'm very happy with my rate now. I'm happy with my prepayment options. And so I'd encourage anyone, you know, just because something's handed to you, you don't always, and you're not satisfied with it, you don't need to stay where you are. You can seek out options. You can do some reading. You can make some calls and try to do better for yourself. And like a friend of mine likes to say, you're not a tree. You can get up and move. Yes. (laughs) Why did it take so long? Do you have any idea why it took so long? Because I, I can't imagine if you took in all the documentation... Why did it take as long as eight months? Or, or is that just the total process of you trying to negotiate with your initial provider and then finding somebody else to consider your, yes, your options? Yes, it was the total process. Mm. So it meant, and, and it comes down to response time too. And I can only imagine that when you don't have a large portfolio with a financial institution, sometimes you don't always get all the attention that you could possibly get if you had more um accounts or more credit with with them so i just had the mortgage i had a small income as i said it was reduced from joint to sole and so i could only imagine that i didn't have a huge portfolio or a large amount of negotiating power and that i imagine is what led to it taking a while yeah how how did you even keep hopeful through that entire process because i know of people who you know they have Come to, come to the similar situation either through the loss of a spouse, uh, through death or through divorce, and they kind of just throw their hands in the air. Oh, I can't. My life can't continue. I don't know what I'm going to do. I, like this can't work. How? I mean, obviously it's an attitudinal thing, but again, there must have been something that helped to inspire you to to even pursue this as an option. Because I didn't want to be 60 and paying for two houses and only have one. <laughs> and so knowing my numbers, it helped to help me to realize that. 
I could make changes, I could make adjustments, and I could seek better for myself. That's awesome. That's that's awesome. As Mummy is debt free, you offer a lot of experience as education for your Instagram followers. How are you broadening or continue to broaden your own financial education? Because you seem like you've got quite a bit of education on your own, but what else have you been doing? Or is there anything else that you've been doing to broaden your financial education? In addition to the radio um, to and from work, I listen to podcasts like this one. Mm -hmm. Mm. And I spend more time reading business news and articles. And I keep track of the performance of the fund that my pension is in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I make it a point to read my employer's quarterly and annual reports to keep up with those to see what's happening. And I actually found a local children's book about teaching children how to manage money, about giving, about budgeting and earning. It's called the Children's Book of Money Sense. And I found that with the rewards charts in there and so on, that has helped me to learn as well with my daughter as I go along the journey. Okay, that's that's pretty cool. The, just shameless plug, my sister is an advocate of reward charts that she uses for herself. So reward charts are not only good for kids, um, she rewards herself for things like going to the gym consistently and all those things that I feel to do. I can see <laughs> I can take that on board. <laughs> so are they okay, suppose I want to go and get a mortgage tomorrow, despite me having to probably wait eight months. Um, what would you what was a key thing you would tell me about going to get a mortgage and wanting to repay it as quickly as possible? I would say find out as much information that you can. Is the rate of interest that's being offered variable or fixed? If it's What's the fixed, difference? Variable means that you have a particular rate Mm -hmm. and that can be varied by the financial institution at any point in time throughout the life of your mortgage. Fixed tends to be, it's a fixed rate, meaning that interest is added daily usually um, at that set rate over a set period of time, be it three years, be it five years. Oh, I understand. So it would be important to check whether or not that rate that you're hearing and it may be very low, but is it only fixed for one year mm-hmm. and then variable thereafter? So it would be important to know that. Mm-hmm. I'd say to persons, save as much money as you can. There are going to be some unexpected things like indemnity insurance that will come <laughs> your way. There will be things like negotiation fees that will come your way that you don't quite expect. And so I'd say save money and try your best to cushion some of the borrowing that you may have to do down the line to facilitate the mortgage. So instead of going for 100% or 95% mortgage, you may try for a 90% or something like that. Correct. And that helps you save money in the long run. It does. Okay. Those are all good tips in terms of mortgages and you know planning for mortgages. So that's helpful. We kind of touched a little bit on that in our last episode. And I know that there's so much more to explore. We couldn't possibly cover it here. <laughs> but I thank you for sharing what you, you do know with us. And it's it's been a lot for somebody, I'm sure who's been listening, who didn't know anything about fixed rates or uh, flexible rates or any of the other things that you mentioned. So I really appreciate that, Alison. The other thing I would want to remind people is that a mutual fund can be an important part of moving towards this process. Alison talked about saving as much as you can. And some of you may not have a particular goal. Alison also talked about setting goals, setting goals. And you may not have a particular goal in mind right now, 
but if you can save or invest your funds so that you will be ready when those opportunities arrive that you may then set a goal at a later point then there's nothing wrong with having the funds to do it much like the 725 that her daughter amanda has waiting for when those donut people come back around <laughs> so a mutual fund is an opportunity to do that and we welcome you donut fortress in color rock as omar is always saying i want to thank amanda Sorry, I want to thank Allison. <laughs> All right, Amanda, we healed you up. <laughs> yes, we did, actually. Thank you, Allison, for coming and speaking with us today. It was so good to finally meet you and to hear about your, your journey. And we wish you continued good luck as a debt-free mummy. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me. All right, Pleasure. thank you. Bye, everybody. Laters. Bye. Do It For Grantly is a production of Fortress Funds Managers. You can listen to and download all our episodes in all the good places podcasts are available, including SoundCloud, Google and Apple Podcast, TuneIn and more. Or on our website, fortressfund.com. That's fortressfund.com, where you can also find this episode's show notes explaining all the financial terms we mentioned in the show. Remember, let us know what you think about the podcast, this episode, or other money matters. You can email us at info at fortressfund.com or send us a message on Facebook or Instagram at Fortress Fund Managers. Most people find out about podcasts through recommendations, so spread the word and tell your friends about our show. Until next time, I'm Kim Howard. And I'm Omar Kennedy. Thanks for listening.